you. You did it on your own. And Lord, without that, we're just not here tonight. We're dead in our sins and we're lost and we're living a life separated from you and from the Father. And so tonight, Lord, I just thank you for what you did for us so many years ago. And, and Lord, I, I pray that we, we don't just remember it today, but it's something we think about a lot and we think about every day and we talk to people about it. And Lord, tonight I just want to worship you and I want to thank you for what you did for us. Uh, and, and Lord, we worship you for what you did so many years ago today, but we worship you because you didn't stay in the grave. And that means that one day, Lord, when we take our last breath here on this earth, that because of that, we live forever with you. And it's only because of that. And, and so, Lord, we worship you tonight. I'm thankful to be here. Um, thankful for Mike and what uh, you laid on his heart tonight to share with us. Thankful tonight to, to take communion uh, with my brothers and sisters and, and be able to remember your death, burial, and resurrection. And that your body was shed, given for us, and your blood shed on the cross. And so, Lord, we worship you tonight, and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. I spin in vanity Your pardon multiplied to me. 
No announcements?
Can, uh, they're going to do a special, right? All righty. Ladies, are you ready? Get up here. Am I good? Yep. Make sure people can hear me online too. You got it? Okay. Uh, hey, just real quick, a couple of things um, on announcements. Uh, we probably should have done announcements. Sunday morning, uh, we have sunrise service. Just a reminder, sun, sunrise service at 7.30 a.m., breakfast at 8, then we have Sunday school at 9, worship at 10. All the guys are getting to church, a lot of the fellas at 6 a.m. Uh, to cook breakfast. So start starting to get all that ready. Um, the other thing... Uh, so good. We have prayed for her and prayed for her and literally like a miracle uh, that she's here from what her blood pressure was from the surgery. Mindy is back tonight for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Just awesome. So good to see you and, and I got to see her today and, and uh, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. So last thing, Monday night is Richard's memorial service. Monday night at 6. Church is having a dinner afterwards. If you can help with the dinner, please let Jeannie Donaldson know. I know we still need people to sign up for food uh, and all that good stuff. So looking forward to celebrating uh, Richard's time on this earth, but more importantly, where he's at right now. And so um, looking forward to Monday. And that's only possible because of why we're here tonight. So enough of me. Two specials. Ladies, there you go. It's a 
guys scare me. <laughs> and it's good to be back home uh, under the allergies. That, uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's good to be back. And so this is, uh, Jeff asked me to do this, and uh, I've never uh, put together a, a good Friday message, and so bear with me tonight. And so when we talk about what is Good Friday, what are we really doing here tonight? And, and we're here to remember the crucifixion of Jesus and also his death on the cross. And help us, Lord, never to forget what he, uh, what he did for us. He didn't have to do. We didn't work for it. We didn't earn it, right? God gave us his son in order to do something for us that we didn't merit. And so we can praise him for that tonight. And so I thought to myself, why do we call it Good Friday? It certainly wasn't a good day for Jesus. Uh, all the suffering that he endured, the death on the cross. But 
this was the day to over 2,000 years ago. We celebrate it today because this is a day that led to his resurrection. This is the day that led to his victory over death and sin. And that's why we call it Good Friday. And so Jeff spoke last uh, Sunday and he, he talked about Jesus entering uh, into Jerusalem, his triumphant entry. And then uh, Tuesday, uh, Mary anoints Jesus with perfume and Judas criticizes her for it. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Judas betrays Jesus to the Sanhedrin. And, uh, oops, I'm sorry, I missed Tuesday. Sorry about that. I'll settle down in a minute. So, <laughs> so Tuesday. Tuesday, Jesus announces that he'll be betrayed by one of the twelve. And he also announces that, uh, that Peter's going to de deny him three times. And then uh, Wednesday, Judas betrays Jesus to the Sanhedrin. And then Thursday, Jesus has the Last Supper with his disciples. He washes their feet. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane where he prays to the Father. And he says, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And we, sometimes we think that Jesus was God and we forget about his human side. But he was the God-man. He was human, he was fully human, and he was fully God. And we can see that in his prayer. He, he, the human side of him, he says, he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But we see the God side of him, and he says, not my will, but your will. And so, and then they come to the garden, they arrest him, and in the Sanhedrin, they condemn him. They give him an unjust trial. And then, uh, and then Peter does exactly what he says he would do. He uh, denies him three times. And then so Friday, Jesus is handed over to Pilate. Pilate questions him. He finds no fault with Jesus. He asks the crowd, what shall I do? What, what, who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, the one that you call Christ? They said, the crowd said, Barabbas. And then Pilate said to them, what shall I do with Jesus? And they all said to him, let him be crucified. And so tonight we're going to be in uh, Matthew 27. That's the chapter we're going to be pulling from. But I'm not going to read uh, the whole thing. I'm uh, basically going to be in verses 26 through 35. And just because of time, um, I'm not going to read the whole passage. I'm just going to pull some truth out of each verse as I go. And, but verse 35 is the, the verse that I want to talk about tonight. And that is, then they crucified him. Then they crucified him. So, le so let me pray for us. Uh, Father God, I just pray, God, that you help us remember, Lord. Everything that you endured, everything that you went through, everything that you accomplished on the cross so we could have a relationship with you. So we can be certain that we're going to be resurrected. So we'll be certain, God, that we're going to go home to be with you forever and ever. And I just pray, God, that if someone in this room tonight, Lord, it would be crazy for me to think that everybody here tonight is saved. And I just pray, God, if there's somebody in here that does not know you, I pray, God, that, uh, that you would do what you desire to do, and that is to save them. And if you can use me uh, in any way to do so, Lord, I just pray that you would speak through me. These would be your words. You would be pleased tonight. You would be glorified. You would be lifted up because you're the, you're the one that's worthy of all of it, God. And I ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. So we're getting ready to, to uh, observe the Lord's Supper or the communion tonight. And, and when we do that, we're, gonna, we're supposed to remember four different things every time that we do this. And the first thing is, is we need to remember that, that Jesus was physically born into this world. In other words, God was born physically into this world. And the second thing is, we remember Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. And the third thing that we remember is Jesus' real, literal, 
physical resurrection. He wasn't a ghost, right? He literally was resurrected in his body. And the fourth thing that uh, we're supposed to remember is his coming kingdom. That everything he says he's going to do, he's going to come back and he's going to establish it forever and ever and ever. So tonight, I want to talk to you about the second one. We're going to talk about Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. And so we all need to remember tonight that Jesus died for your sin on that cross. He died for my sin on that cross so that we would be forgiven and that we would go to heaven and die, or when we die, so we could be with him forever. Never let us forget that. And so I only have one point tonight, so it's going to be real easy. Remember, Jesus suffered for our sins, and he died for our sins. That's the point. And so in uh, verses 26 through 35, in verse 26, it uh, says, they scourged Jesus. So what they did was they stripped him, uh, they, they beat him with a whip. This whip was made of leather straps, and it had uh, two small balls on each leather strap. And, and on the ends of those leather straps, uh, right, was, was either glass or iron or, um, uh, or bones. But what they would do is when they hit their target, they would cut deep into the flesh. His hands were tied uh, to a post above his head. It's not like the Passion portrays him where he's, he's laying over. Uh, they actually, they hoisted him up. They hoisted him up until he's on the balls of his feet. And they stretched him as far as he could be stretched without being off the ground. And then they whipped him. They scourged him. And it's very possible just from the descriptions of, of what we know from scripture and history and stuff, there's a good, good chance it's a, that his backbone was probably exposed. His, his ribs were probably exposed. His back was probably so unrecognizable you wouldn't even know what it was if you didn't see that his head on top and his feet on bottom. That's what they did to Jesus. And we need to understand tonight that Jesus was chastised for whose sins? Ours. Ours. He was chastised for our sins. Isaiah foretold this in Isaiah 53, 5, which says, The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. Also, Jesus suffered the chastisement for our sins, just said it earlier, but he suffered, uh, he suffered the chastisement willingly. Jesus came into this world uh, to fulfill the Father's plan, to go to the cross, to die on that cross, to pay the debt that we owed, and he did it willingly. We need to remember tonight that he stepped out of glories that we can't even comprehend. He stepped out of perfect worship, a perfect place, with a perfect Father, to come into a world to be hated and mocked, to be hated, to, to be murdered for the very people uh, that he came into the world to save. We need to remember that. Oops, that's okay. And so he came into this world willingly and suffered the chastisement willingly. Isaiah foretold this in Isaiah 56, which says, I gave my back to those who struck me. So Isaiah is actually, Jesus is talking in this verse. It's first person. This is Jesus speaking to us today. I gave my back to those who struck me. Verse 27 says they humiliated him. Uh, it says uh, in these verses here, the whole garrison. And so a whole garrison was uh, 600 Roman soldiers. So there's 600 Roman soldiers there, plus all, all the other religious leaders, the Sanhedrin, and everybody else that was attending that night. And they humiliated him. Humiliated him in front of all those people. Thank you. Verse 28 says they stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him. Verse 29 says they put a crown of thorns on his head and a reed in his hands. Verse 29 says they bowed and they mocked his claim that he was king. They made fun of him. 
And verse 30 says they spat on him. And again, he fulfills prophecy in uh, Isaiah 56, which says Jesus is, himself is speaking. He says, I did not hide my face from shame and what? And spitting. And spitting. These words were written hundreds of years before Jesus came into the world to fulfill them. Verse 30 says they beat him on the head with the reed. Isaiah foretold this in Isaiah 53, 5, which says he was wounded for our transgressions, ladies and gentlemen. He was bruised for our iniquities. Verse 31 says they stripped, they, they, they ripped that uh, robe off of him. Verse 32 says they, they forced him to carry the cross that they were going to crucify him with. Verse 33 says they escorted him to the place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, which is also called Calvary. Golgotha is the Hebrew name for it. Calvary is the Latin name for it. Verse 34 says they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. And uh, this is where Jesus fulfills the prophecy of Psalm 69, 21, which says, They gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Man, Mike was just talking about the Bible, right? We, how, how, how do we know that we can trust in God's word? Is because all these things are taking place, and they were written down hundreds of years before Jesus came into the world to do them. Amen? We have a more sure word. I heard Brother Michael uh, mention, I think it was him, uh, last week. But uh, Peter, James, and John, they're, they're up on top of the Mount, Mount of Transfiguration. They see Jesus' face shine like the sun. They see his, uh, his robe turn uh, as white as white can be. They uh, hear the Father's voice. Literal, they hear it. They see uh, Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. They see Jesus in his glory. And, and Peter says, we have a more sure word than what, they, what I seen with my eyes on that mountain and what I heard. Amen. We can count on him. We can count on his word. And then verse 35 says, then they crucified him. You know, uh, crucifixion was invented. It was invented uh, for the torture of an enemy. Uh, they invented it. They said, I, want, I, I don't want to kill my enemy. I want my enemy to suffer. I don't want them to die. I want them to be tortured and go through a bunch of pain and suffering and keep them alive as long as I can so they feel every bit of it. That's why crucifixion was invented in the first place. There's never been a more cruel form of execution in the history of time. And this is what they did to our Savior. The ancient writer Tacticus called it a despicable death. Uh, Cesario called it the most cruel and horrifying death. He said it was even incapable of description. He said, I don't even have the words to, 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 to write on paper or to verbally tell you how bad and horrible it was for the person that was being crucified. But this is what our Savior did for us. We need to understand tonight Jesus was crucified for our sins. Our sins. All of us in this room tonight. So listen, the Bible's crystal clear that the payment of sin is death, right? Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The payment, right? The payment of what we owe for sin is death. God established it that way. And tonight, we need to remember that Jesus was our substitute, your substitute, my substitute. He suffered for our sin on that cross. He died in our place. This is what we need to remember, ladies and gentlemen. Everything that happened to Jesus should have happened to me and you. It should have happened to us. But he said, I'm, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. Amen. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, 
the just for the unjust. Pilate's wife said in verse 19, Jesus, Jesus was a just man. Pilate himself said in verse 24, he said, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. So remember, right, we have to remember Jesus was the virgin-born, sinless, spotless, perfect son of God. He was the just, dying for the unjust. That's me, that's you, that's everyone. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the question we want to ask is, who's the, who's the us? Who is Paul referring to in this verse? And he's referring to the people that are saved. He's referring to, uh, to those people that have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But hold on, we're not done. 1 John 2, 2 says this, And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not only ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So Jesus uh, Christ died for the sins of the saved people, and Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. He took them all. He took them all. Jesus suffered for us that are saved, and Jesus suffered for the sins of the whole world. Now, I'm going to go th fast through these because of time, but I, I listed as many sins that I could list. But we need to remember tonight that Jesus suffered and died for the sins of abortion, addiction, adultery, anxiety, arrogance, backbiting, bearing false witness, blasphemy, boast, boasting, bribery, complaining, coveting, contention, coarse joking, deceit, defrauding, despising the poor, disobedient to the government, disregarding the Lord's people on the Lord's day, disrespecting your parents, envy, evil thoughts, fortification, fraud, gambling, giving, uh, giving grudgingly, not giving at all, gluttony, gossip, greed, harsh words, hating your brother, holding a grudge, idleness, idolatry, losing your temper, lust, lying, malice, murder, prayerlessness, racism, rage, rape, resisting the Holy Spirit, returning insult for insult, scoffing, selfish ambition, showing favoritism, slander, slothfulness, speaking idle words, stealing, violence, witchcraft, loving the world, loving yourself, not loving your neighbor, not loving your enemy, not loving your fellow Christian, and every other sin that you can name. So do we got something to be thankful for tonight? Amen. We can thank him because he paid for every one of these and every, every one I didn't get down listed tonight. He paid for them all. Not 99%, all of them. So we should give him thanks. Jesus took our place and he took, he took my place and he took your place on that cross. Remember, he was the just dying for the unjust. So listen, church. No matter what you got going on in your life tonight, we can always praise him for this. No matter if your world's coming apart on the outside, doesn't matter what's going on. Remember, Jesus Christ died for the unjust. So we're told in verse 15, it was the time, it was the time of the feast. So it was the feast of the, of the Passover, right? The time when the Jewish people celebrated uh, their deliverance from uh, death and from Egypt. And, uh, and you, a lot of you may know what happened at Passover. But if you don't, God told Moses that his judgment... The death angel was going to come upon the land of Egypt because of their sin. So God told Moses to tell the Israelites to take a spotless lamb, kill that lamb, put the blood on the side post and the lintel of their house, and uh, when the death angel uh, would come through the land, that he would see the blood and he would pass over their house and judgment would not come to that home. 
because that lamb had already taken their judgment. Interesting, right? In Exodus 12, 13, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You say, well, what's this got to do with us? That innocent lamb died in the place of the firstborn in that house. That Passover lamb was a picture of Jesus. The spotless lamb of God died in our place. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, for even Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Remember, Jesus was the Passover lamb of God dying as our substitute to save us from the same thing, right? Death and judgment. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He's the perfect lamb. The perfect lamb of God. So let me give you some application tonight. For all of us. For the guy speaking to you tonight. The next time you're, I think, about willfully engaging in some sin. The next time you're, you're contemplating and saying, Ah, this ain't too bad. I know what God's word says about it. But I don't really care. I'm going to go ahead and do this. I'm going to please self, not please God. I'm going to engage in this sin. I'm going to willfully choose to sin against God. I want you to remember, and I need to remember, that Jesus, God's Lamb, shed His blood for our sin. For the very sin that you're getting ready to engage in is the very sin that He shed His blood for. Amen? We need to remember that Jesus suffered for our sin. Jesus suffered emotionally and physically. And I'm not going to talk about the spiritually, but he was separated from the Father for a amount of time. He suffered scourging, humiliation, shame, a crown of thorns, ridicule, spitting, spitting, beating, and death. So the next time you think about actually engaging in some sin, remember what it cost Jesus Christ to secure your salvation. We need to remember that there on the cross that Jesus suffered for our sins, he took our place. He was our substitute. We need to remember Romans 4.25, which says Jesus delivered up, Jesus was delivered up because of our transgression. We need to remember 1 Corinthians 15.3, which says Christ died for our sins, what? According to the scriptures. We need to remember 2 Corinthians 5.21, which says he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. We need to remember Galatians 3.13, which says Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. We need to remember 1 Peter 2.24, which says he himself bore our sins in his body on that cross. We need to remember Hebrews 12.2, which says who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We need to remember this, church. Jesus was crucified for our sins in order to bring us into a right relationship with God. You know, in uh, verse 26 of this passage in uh, Matthew 7, 26, when they say, when they say uh, you know, Pilate says, who do you want me to release, Barabbas or the one they call Christ? And they say Barabbas. And I can't help but think that as they let Barabbas go, that he was sticking around town that day. And he, he knew that the man that was being scourged, the man that was being beaten, 
the man that went to the cross, the man that was hanging there on that middle cross, the one that should have been him, every time he looked at that cross, he knew that Jesus took his place that day. And this is exactly the same thing that we're supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen. We're supposed to look at that cross and know that he took our place on that cross, just like he did Barabbas that day. And so, as we take communion tonight, remember that Jesus Christ suffered for your sins, and he died for your sins. Now, salvation is a free gift of God, but it wasn't cheap. It cost Jesus Christ his very life, and we should live that way. I can't help but think for myself and for you as well, if we meditated on these verses every morning when we got up in the morning, instead of ourselves going our own way, doing our own things, and, and going after the things of the world, and we remember what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross that day, that we wouldn't live a better sanctified life. I know I would. So, as we take communion tonight, remember, don't forget. Don't forget. So, so we're going to open communion. All right. So, we don't require you to be a member of Crossbridge to take communion here. Uh, if you've made a public profession uh, of faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're living for Him, then uh, you're welcome to take communion here tonight. And, uh, and also, we want to use this time to examine yourself. So, so here's the thing is, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, and the only way to know if you are is if you followed him on the way in here. If you're living for him every day. And if you're not, please don't take communion. Because here's the warning. We're told in 1 Corinthians 11, 27-30, Whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. So he's telling us right here, if you drink the cup in an unworthy manner, if you drink it and you're not a believer, or you have some unconfessed sin in your life that you need to repent from, you need to not take communion. So we're going to take this time. Uh, we'll take a couple minutes to examine, uh, take a couple minutes to examine yourselves before the Lord in prayer. So if there's anything you need to confess uh, to him, please do that before you take it. And again, I just want to warn you again, if you're not a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, please do not take communion. One thing we can count on God to do is he will keep his word. This is the first time I ever did communion. Just, oh, okay. Worship team, brother Ace. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with me.
if the elders want to come up and Scripture tells us in Matthew 26 that Jesus had gathered with his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal. Matthew 26, 26 says, As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Jeff, you want to? Lord Jesus, we just uh, thank you again tonight for what you did for us on the cross. And so Mike uh, just did a great job laying out what your word says. And God, you, you took our punishment for us. Your body was broken for us. And so tonight, as we remember that, and we partake in remembering your death, burial, and resurrection, and we look forward to your coming back to get the church, uh, Lord. And I just uh, just thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. Bless this time tonight as we remember you. And in everything we do, we glorify and honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Take ye and eat. Matthew 26, 27 through 28. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission or forgiveness of sins. Denny, you want to? Lord, we're thankful this evening for your blood, for that life that you gave. Lord, that we can be saved. Lord, that the sacrifice you made cleanses us, Lord, covers all our sin, as Mike spoke. Lord, we're thankful for that blood that you shed so many years ago. Bless us in Christ's name. Amen. Take ye and drink. And then Matthew 26, 30s. It says they sung a hymn, so let us sing Amazing Grace. Sing it twice. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. out here tonight remember not just on good friday but remember tomorrow when you wake up in the morning remember what jesus christ has done for you on that cross it's friday but sunday's coming oh yeah yeah hey if you uh you got some time please come to uh tomorrow night's freeway service here it starts at 5 30 is dinner 5 30 uh, and then brother mike's bringing the word and I know he's talking about the Bible, how we, or how we can rely on it and count on it. And so it'll be good. So come over here and uh, support him and encourage him and, uh, and these other guys that are, that are doing it. We're taking one step of obedience at a time. And if you got anybody that you know that don't have a relationship with Jesus, uh, this would be a good time to bring them, invite them, uh, chain them up, handcuff them, bring them here. <laughs> Let's get them here. <laughs> okay. Okay, don't do that. But <laughs> old habits die hard. But uh, hey, how about this guy? Church, we love you as as pastoral staff. We love you as elders. We love you. Remember what Jesus did. The Sunday's coming.